customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a mm, real POS? You need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into the one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash theathletic, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash theathletic to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash theathletic. Man, he was in my face. I'm in your face. It don't matter if you win by an inch or a mile. Winning is winning. I don't have friends. I got family. Vroom, vroom, and welcome to Fast Friends, presented by the NBA. That's game. The boys are back with our off-season podcast series of watching and breaking down every film from the Fast and Furious franchise. We've got our first official spin-off today. 2019's Hobbs and Shaw, the ninth flick from the FF series. I'm J.E. Skeets, along with our furious expert, Trey Kirby. hey yo, hey yo, And, of course, our super producer, a true mechanic of sound, J.D. <laughs> Hello. There he is. Here we are. If you are a true fast friend of Fast Friends, and you're enjoying this very weird podcast series, take a second, leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts and or subscribe to no dunks on youtube uh in regards to feedback keep it coming tweet at us at no dunks inc or you can email in any of your ff questions to no dunks at the just put fast friends in the subject header and speaking of feedback we had a great tweet not too long ago from at crisp hnl who shared with us a fast and furious board game that he saw at target we're showing it to everyone here <laughs> On YouTube, the high wow. heist. Okay, let's see the back or a little detailed shot. Yes, he says, Chris does, HNL. No Dunks got to break down this game at some point. Hashtag faceless truck drivers. <laughs> so, yeah. What do you this think? This looks here? amazing. We got to yeah. do this uh, on a happy hour or something. Yeah. Uh, get together, play a little Fast and Furious board game. Just looking at this, I'm. Can't help wondering, does it come with carpoons? Because yeah. I feel oh. like you would need to launch something from a car towards the semi at the faceless truckers. Gotta find out what's in the box. This is incredible. <laughs> I, I thought those were carpoons. Yeah, sticking these, yeah maybe so. Like it. Yeah, yeah, it could be. Who knows? <laughs> we gotta play this game. So yeah. we've got this one, Hobbs and Shaw. Then we have one more movie left in the franchise. 
But I think we got to come back, like you said, TK, and do a special uh, podcast where we just uh, all get together and play this game and record it and see what happens. Maybe it's a happy hour. Maybe it's its own podcast. We'll find out. Thank Feels you so like much. Feels like a happy hour. That's yeah, sure. it does. It does. You're right. Okay. So the movie today, Fast and Furious Presents... Hobbs and Shaw, it obviously just goes by Hobbs and Shaw, an American buddy cop film. Let's switch it up here. This was released in the summer of 19, so not that long ago. Budget 200 million, box office, didn't hit that billion mark, 760 million worldwide. I mean, hey, that's okay, it's not bad, but not that billion, that little run we'd been on in this series. The skinny of this movie, Lawman. Luke Hobbs and outcast Deckard Shaw form an unlikely alliance when a cyber-genetically-enhanced villain threatens the future of humanity. This one stars Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, Jason Statham, Idris Elba, Vanessa Kirby, no relation to Trey Kirby. (laughs) At least we don't think so, though family is everything. Maybe we'll find out you guys are related. Uh, Cliff Curtis, Helen Mirren is back. This one directed by David Leach. Uh, no relation to Will Leach. Or maybe there is. We don't know. It's all about family. Um, so we always ask this with Trey, and it's blown me away with all of these, TK. You basically have remembered, you know, where you were in the world, what theater you watched these movies at for the first time, who you were with. You usually have, like, photo documentation. So this only happened a couple of years ago. I'm guessing you remember the first time you saw Hobbs and Shaw. Break it down for us. I do remember the first time I saw it, not at a theater it was Whoa. just on TV. Uh, summer of 2K19. At that time, I had a three-year-old and an almost five-year-old, so mm. wasn't going to see a lot of movies. Also, if I'm being completely honest, a stressful summer. Summer of 2019. Uh, so I remember, uh, you know, turning on HBO and seeing that Hobbs and Shaw was available and like, I haven't seen this one yet. Instantly <laughs> turned it on. Uh, so yeah, my first experience, this was a home view for me, which... Kind of felt perfect. I mean, it probably would have been fun to see in the theater, but this to me feels like a quintessential 1990s cable movie that you could turn on two thirds of the yes. way through and be like, I am watching me an action movie right now. That's what happened for me the first time I saw it, and that has stuck with me since. Oh my God, I couldn't agree more with, with that statement because this to me, I'm spoiling it a little bit, is just the most average, like thriller buddy cop action movie whatever you want to call it uh movie going it's just it's good it's definitely not great it's not the worst it's like right in the middle for me jd it's like Mm. fine Uh, we'll see whether or not that makes for a fun podcast but what do you think (laughs) well i feel like uh we've watched uh eight in a row right up until this point this was the ninth fast and furious movie we watched and i honestly i think i have stockholm syndrome because i was tricked into thinking that the previous eight movies were good and then this one comes along it's like you're in, at a 20 hour kid rock concert and it's just kid rock the whole time and you you start off and you're like this is awful this is just oh god please enough is enough but then by the hour 19 you're just like okay i guess bomba da bomba danga danga <laughs> <laughs> it's right. fine okay you know what I, I might as well get into it yeah and then he leaves the stage and david bowie or somebody comes on you know it's like oh yeah this is what it's supposed to be like this is the, i love this movie i thought it was great oh my god i loved it 
Really? So, but I, you I, think I you loved, loved it only because we were watching a movie that didn't star a bunch maybe, of cars and Vin Diesel. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. I mean, the fact that Vin Diesel wasn't in it was probably the best thing about it for me. Right, right. And I, I mean, I, I was just like, this is such a palate cleanser. It's such a breath of fresh air. It's just like, I felt like I was cheating on my boyfriend a little bit with this exciting new guy who's awesome. I, I just... Was it all that exciting? It oh, wasn't yeah. all that awesome? This oh, It turns God. out your new boyfriend is cheesy as hell. Yeah. Oh, uh, hello. You you just watched eight Fast and Furious well, I movies. It. I had higher hopes for this movie. I'll say it oh. right now. I, I thought it was going to be better, and uh, wow. I, I left my I left this one going. Oh, really? This was lame. No lame. way. There's some funny parts, some oh funny cameos God. or new characters, and and their chemistry is still fine. But oh my God, the story in this one. Thank God for Elba. He's great. Uh, yeah. You know, he's basically a transformer. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's what he turns into all the time with him and his bike. But, uh, oh, okay. So, okay, we're going to disagree on this one. JD loves yeah. it. Uh, well, Trey, I mean, how do you feel? Are you somewhere in between, Trey and I, with your uh, your reaction to this flick? Yeah, I would say, just like our beards, I'm in between you and JD. <laughs> yeah. uh, okay. Right in between there. Uh, for me, I do like... The big change, I think, JD, is that your new boyfriend has a better sense of humor than your old oh, yeah. boyfriend. Um, and that's he's funny. He, he's funny and he's not super serious all the time. That's, that's fair. With Vin Diesel being gone, that guy is the most self-serious about this. He thinks he's making a Shakespearean drama every single time a Fast and Furious comes out. This is The Rock and Jason Statham saying, we're going to make a funny action movie. We're going to, you know, remake uh, literally like an 80s buddy cop movie yeah. uh, for the 2020 sort of era. And that to me, that wins me over. You know, throwback movies like that that aren't trying too hard. I'm totally fine with it. But I also do love it when Vin is convinced that he's saving the world. Yeah. Making Fast it's actually furious. funnier. Yeah. Yeah, they work both for me. But I mean, if you're getting... If Vin's self-seriousness has been wearing on you, then this is definitely a palate cleanser. And that's the thing I like about it is that this is not trying as hard as Vin Diesel does every single time he's on the screen. And I think it, it works. Just uh, the, the chemistry between Jason Statham and The Rock is incredible. And they have so many scenes where they're trying to play off the contrasts of them and how similar yeah. they actually are. All this kind of stuff. It works for me. Okay, well, let's get into the movie sort of scene by scene here as we do. We start in London. Hattie Shaw and her team of uh, MI6 agents, they attempt to retrieve a programmable super virus dubbed Snowflake from techno-terrorist organization called Etion, I believe it is. Um, like I don't know if that's an acronym. Is that like, a, is it like E dot T dot E dot O dot oh, N? Does it stand for something? I don't know. We're calling it Etion here on this podcast. Um, Brixton. Lore, I believe his last name, this is Elba, an operative with cybernetic implants that allows him to perform superhuman feats. He arrives on the scene here, kills all the agents except for Hattie, who, who escapes, and she also injects the only dose of Snowflake into herself, boom, right there into her palm before escaping. Uh, Brixton frames Hattie then for killing her team and stealing Snowflake, forcing her to go on the run so jd right into this movie we've got two new characters obviously the new villain of this one in mm -hmm. idris elba as uh as brixton and a new uh, a new family member but shaw's family it's going to turn out to be which you knew right away yeah like, yeah i mean 
Of course. I know the reveal comes a little bit later in the movie, but it's obviously uh, uh, in relation to, to Deckard and Owen. Um, but what do you think of the start of this one? I mean, I, going in, I didn't realize that uh, Idris Elba was in it. I love Idris. I like, So uh, that was a shock. I uh, didn't realize that Vanessa Kirby was in it. I love her. I, I was just like, where, where, where in is she right from? Away. What is she from? She was in uh, one of the Mission Impossible movies. And uh, what else was okay. she? She's in The Crown. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. She's The Crown. Yeah. Okay. Of course. Um, she's awesome. Uh, who she, she plays Princess Anne, right? In The Crown. But Margaret? Uh, Margaret. Margaret. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, and uh, so I was like pleasantly surprised right away. Like, oh, like this is the first of many like uh, surprises. Oh, that guy's in it. Oh, she's in it. Blah, blah, blah. Um, I thought the action was great. I love the Terminator, Darth Vader uh, character. I love Idris Elba showing up. Who are you? I'm the bad guy. He yeah. literally says, That's good. I'm yeah. the bad guy. That was funny. Who the hell are you? Bad guy. He yeah. Says. Yeah. It's great. It's just awesome. I'm like, oh, thank, thank God. I'm in the hands of a master here. And it's, <laughs> it's just awesome. And uh, I love the uh, autonomous motorcycle. And mm-hmm. uh, I, and right away, we were, we're thrust into a new level of the Fast and Furious universe where li- now we have supervillains. We have people who. L- legit have superpowers explainable superpowers and uh he's a threat and he's he's funny and i thought rachel was gonna have an orgasm when uh when idris shows up because oh it was just God. this is just soft porn for her she was already <laughs> r- lathered up for <laughs> for this movie like she was like oh, there's no way i'm missing this one hobbs and shaw i'm in and then idris shows up and oh, it's man. oh my god but yeah it was uh i I again, uh, maybe again, it's it's that I've been watching Kid Rock for twenty hours, but I was just so happy to be uh, in this new realm. Okay, it's great. Okay, I did think this is a cool opening sequence, and and Elba's arrival is awesome. Yeah, and learning him, he's connected with his bike and all of this stuff, and and Vanessa got a little battle here. Uh, not Vanessa, we should call her. Uh, what's her name? Hattie. Uh, Hattie. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I was a little, I will say I was confused a bit with the whole viral sample dispensed at first. I was like, what happened there? Mm. But, you know, I guess she punched it into her hand, right? Like, put her hand over that little thing, boom, and up it went and shot into her. So she's got it in her. Um, Trey, what did you think of the start of this? Awesome introduction to Idris Elba's character. Shout out to you, Skeets, for knowing his last name. I didn't never know that they mentioned it. I thought he was just a one name. name yeah. Yeah, yeah, true. <laughs> yeah, but anyways, uh, the guy's got amazing tech. Like you're saying, JD, he's basically attached to his motorcycle. It can change into a whole bunch of things. He stops bullets with his hand for the first time here. Very cool. Uh, and it's just like, like you're saying, JD, this is our first real super villain uh in the fast franchise because i don't he's he's part cyborg i guess i mean is he um they kind of compare him to the terminator obviously he gets compared to superman later this is another leveling up in the villain stratosphere and it's kind of interesting i think compared to uh cypher in the last movie who was also you know kind of a tech-based villain but Mm -hmm at a far remove from everything that's actually happening on with regards to the action as we see in this very first scene, we're going to have a lot of Brixton throwing down with people and using his technology and uh, cybernetic enhancements to, mm-hmm. to try and pull off all of these various moves. And you're like wondering, 
Is it possible to even kill this guy if he's already been killed once yeah. and he's now a human robot man? I don't know, but it's a great intro to him. And I think it's hilarious, the bad guy line and how this scene ends. He says, who's going to stop me? And then a quick cut to yeah. both Hobbs yeah. and Shaw. We get that a lot in this movie. Uh, yeah. The cliffhanger question answered with the cutscene right there. Yeah, and the cutscene is uh, like sort of along with the, the credits coming in here. It's this split screen, JD, of mm -hmm. Hobbs and Shaw, The Rock and, and Jason Statham, um, getting ready for a day. Get it, you know, how they get up in the morning and what they do and what they eat and how they go to work and stuff like that. And their work is like basically taking down, you know, bad guys. Uh, mm -hmm. And it's this, this split screen thing that then sort of goes to each guy, um, you know, laying the smacketh down as the rock would say uh, one guy in a in a tattoo parlor the other guy i guess just in a club somewhere and we get the awesome uh, champagne bottle shot to the throat yeah. but but that was wicked okay i will say that um yeah did you like how david uh, leach went about this the director with the the split screen that yeah. that we start this sort of movie with in seeing these two guys that we know i loved it yeah. I mean, if you're coming in never seeing these two characters before, it's the perfect introduction to both of them. They're they're polar opposites. They're on opposite sides of uh, the Atlantic and a continent. They have a continent and an ocean between them. The color tone is blue and cool for Shaw and, you know, red, orangey hot for The Rock. Mm. And then they switch that color palette, right? Mm -hmm. uh, when uh, he, we go into champagne mode for Shaw and then the tattoo. It's actually a karaoke bar, I think, with a tattoo oh, parlor in yeah. the back, right? Okay, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> cool spot. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then, you know, intercutting back and forth with the cat. They're, they're totally different, but they're exactly the same, you know, like, and it's just, uh, it just goes to their chemistry later on in the film. If you've never seen them again before. Um, yeah, I loved it. I love the, uh, I love the line after he, uh, he hits him with the champagne bottle to the throat and he's like, Oh, I thought that would have broke, drops the champagne bottle and it breaks. And it's, you can see it coming, but I just thought the timing was great. And uh, I loved it. I loved The Rock flirting with the uh, tattoo artist, yeah. uh, you know, and it's just it just sets the tone beautifully for the, for the for the the comedy part of the movie. Right. Mm -hmm. Like the, it started out pretty, pretty serious ish with uh, with the heist and the virus. And then we get to see our two leads who are just killing it in their in their own little worlds there. It's great. Mm hmm. Yeah, these guys then, Hobbs and Shaw, they're both informed of this missing virus and they're reluctantly recruited to work together to track it down. So we get uh, Ryan Reynolds. I didn't know he was in this movie either. As, as Locke, he's sort of like, uh, I don't even, what, what relation is he to the, to the Rock? I mean, he's, he's a CIA guy, so he's just sort of a coworker. Yeah, is a he recruiter, not this, basically? Or is he... I thought he was the the same rank and role of the guy who shows up at the soccer game in the previous movie, where oh, me, he's yeah. just okay. like, there's this mission and we have yeah. and we have to do it. They just... They have history together. And yeah. it's, uh, you know... Yeah, it was great. Yeah. He keep... He, does he keep calling him Becky? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He says... <laughs> he comes in, he says, Luke Rebecca Hobbs, as I live and breathe or whatever. And I'm like... Yeah. Okay, very straight. So, yeah, I didn't know he was in this, so he's there. 
And then on the other side of the ocean, like JD said, we have uh, Rob Delaney <laughs> yeah. uh, hey, as, as, as the uh, the counterpart to, to what Ryan Reynolds is, Block is, that character, uh, trying to get shot and recruiting him. Um, so, yeah, we have a scene where The Rock is with his daughter, who, by the way, they completely changed. Like, this is Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Yeah. Uh, this is the new Viv here. This is a new uh, Rock daughter. Nora's like, did she regress in age? She looks like <laughs> younger, younger than the last time we saw the other girl playing Rockstar. I sort of agree with that. Uh, so we get that with Locke, pretty funny scene, and then Shaw uh, is goes to prison and is talking to uh, what's her name, Magdalene, uh, yeah. his mom, yeah. uh, who is Helen Mirren, who seems to be loving prison, by the way. Uh, loving it. It's, it's so simple. Yeah, it's like she's in <laughs> retirement. She said. Uh, so that's what going on. That's what goes on, and then that's where we also learn that Shaw does have a sister uh, named Hattie. But Trey, your, uh, I guess your reaction to, to Reynolds and Delaney as the sort of like uh, right-hand mans, at least setting up this whole thing. I love it. I love when they, you know, I guess uh, a role for this character would be the plot exposer. Not any different than uh, Mr. Nobody in the last couple of movies mm-hmm. too, where like something's going down, then some official person shows up and tells you exactly what's going down. And then what is going to need to be done for the rest of this movie to get going. And I think it's pretty funny um, once uh, Ryan Reynolds and Delaney finally get on the uh, on the phone together and they're like, didn't they just do a job together? Yeah, they did. We saw yeah. that. Didn't they just throw each other out of a building? Yeah, that happened too. And then we get a few nice breadcrumbs uh, here where they say, it's the fate of the world here. <laughs> Surely they can get along for that. That line, that exact line pays off later. Hilarious to me. Then very quickly, uh, we finally get Hobbs and Shaw in the same room together. They're mimicking each other's words to each other. They each think the other one is an asshole. But it led me to a what you got question because I think it's Shaw that says, (laughs) Shaw that says to Hobbs, a some bitch in your parlance and then Hobbs responds to Shaw or as you would say a wanker yeah (laughs) what you got some bitch or wanker in regard what's the question like the worst insult yeah I guess so wanker oh yeah yeah, I mean, I've never no even heard anyone except The Rock say point. some bitch. And <laughs> never been called it, never said it to anybody. It's it, only it's, him. It's such an old-timey redneck thing to say, and it seems almost out of character for yeah. for yes. Hobbs, not yeah. necessarily The Rock, but... Yeah, I'm total wanker. Yeah, I'm going wanker too. I mean, look, he says we, it we, a lot. This one though, uh, Hobbs does. He says "some bitch" a ton, a and I can't deny it. After we recorded the Fast Eight podcast, I've been saying "tea and crumpets eating criminal <laughs> some bitch." Just like literally any time that the kids are far away, I don't want them going into school and calling their classmates "tea and crumpet eating criminal some bitches." But it's such a it's like every time he says it, every time The Rock says some bitch, it stops you because it feels like he's stopping to say it yeah, to me. Yeah, mm. Very strange. And uh, I, it has to be wanker, though, because longtime fans of the show, and I'm talking about going back to the Basketball Jones days, will remember we had a segment called Wanker of the Week. That's right. And uh, we were told we had to change that. Uh, I guess when we came to 
to NBA, NBA TV. TV yeah. You're like, yeah, yeah. You can't, they you drew can't the line wanker. at wanker. <laughs> we should have called it some bitch. <laughs> That's what I mean. That's what I mean. Some bitch Saturday. That's what we're going to launch now. <laughs> uh, okay. So, uh, yeah, JD, I guess before we move on, um, the two of them in the room for the first time, trading mm. these barbs back and forth, uh, threatening each other, basically saying, to these uh, poor other guys that just work at this building. I don't need the other one. They're only going to hold me back. Yada, yada, yada. Right. You, uh, you were loving every minute of this, as I, was Rachel, I guess. Yeah, oh, 100%. And uh, what I loved most about that scene was the reaction. The guys in the room with them or uh, in the next room going, yeah. how's this going to work? Like, And they're just... They're sort of like the audience, or they're sort of their reaction was sort of legit. Like this is this is over the top and borderline, you know, dangerous. Uh, what do we do here? Like, is are they for real kind of thing? And uh, and so I enjoyed the cutaways to them for sure. So after this uh, brief meeting at the CIA black site here, um, Deckard goes to Hattie's apartment for information. Uh, he he's smart about it. Because she had placed a little uh, grenade at the door, a little tripwire, so he, he sort of gets around that. But he gets attacked by Etion operatives. Hobbs, meanwhile, he manages he manages to find Hattie, um, and then after a, a, a scuffle between the two of them, does bring her in to the CIA office, and that's when Deckard arrives and informs Hobbs, "Hey, that's my sister." Um, so two scenes here. Um, I think the the more uh, I guess well both are entertaining you know there's fights but the Hobbs versus Hattie throwdown tray uh, had some pretty pretty wild moves from Hattie here going for some su- submission moves but the Rock sort of holding back I guess is what even she, even she says like why are you doing this yeah. Um, but yeah what what do you think well my main takeaway from seeing these two scenes juxtaposed together is that the Shaws are just incredible at fighting. Uh, I think Deckard at some point is using a safe he found maybe in her apartment or something like that. Every time he hits one of the henchmen and makes a noise. I love that, (laughs) Uh, especially after seeing him uh, fighting with a champagne bottle earlier. It's like, let's find crazier and crazier things to put into his hands and see how he can fight. But then you also kind of get that playing off what Hattie is doing when she's fighting against Hobbs. Because she's got a helmet. That's how their entire fight starts. You're like, oh, they really are family. And then, yeah, I love that scene uh, when Hobbs finally gets Hattie to, I guess it's a CIA black site. That's a question unanswered for me. Like, Hobbs is now DSS again? Well, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what happened there. He was like, I don't know. I got... Got to spend a week with my family. They switched out my daughter, so now I'm going back to work. Just that. <laughs> you know what? Quickly. He basically did a Daryl Morey. Yeah, yes, he That's did. That's what he did. When yeah, Daryl Morey's with the Rock, he's like, you know, I'm done. Uh, I got to spend time with my family. And then, like, a week later, he's got another job. That's that, that's Hobbs. Hobbs is Daryl Morey in this. Yeah. Well, exactly. hold on. This is supposed to take place two years later, I think. Yeah. Okay. So he took, so he had he enough time, is what you're saying? Yeah. <laughs> He's like, my daughter is somehow getting younger. <laughs> yeah. so I guess might as well go back to work. Yeah, might as well go back to work. Yeah. Um, Nonetheless, uh, as as a DSS operative again, I love it when he has Hattie back in the headquarters and they're kind of going back and forth. And it's very much the same relationship between Hobbs and this Shaw as well. The part where uh, he's explaining to the guard, all right, I'm going to leave. If she tries anything, shoot her in the face. And she's like, you can't do that. Yes, I can. I'm telling you to shoot her in the face. 
I want you to shoot her two times right, right in that face. I think uh, maybe my favorite line in the whole movie. That part is great. And then, you know, shit goes haywire from there because not too long after, Brixton shows up. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. right. The office is attacked. Man, all these places uh, our team, our heroes go to is so easily attacked. Oh, yeah. Wherever they are, Mr. Nobody's, here, CIA, wherever the villain can always get to it pretty damn simply um, because yeah Brixton shows up and he's take he takes Hattie and we get Deckard recognizing Brixton as an old colleague turned enemy he had previously shot and supposedly killed JD and uh, this is a wild like action scene here because mm-hmm. we get the um, we get we get them pursuing her. Brixton takes her, but then we get them pursuing her, um, and we get the running down the uh, skyscraper uh, right. scene, uh, which I did not like at all. I thought well, it was I mean, really rough looking at times. But okay, um, what did, what did you think? <laughs> What's your defense? <laughs> well, I have no I have no defense uh, other uh, than it was a it was a a way to get the rock to free fall on top onto uh, Brixton, right? Like. onto those guys otherwise them running down a vertical building is just stupid like it's the most inefficient way to (laughs) repel down something right um and as far as i know uh uh brixton is the only one with uh enhancements right his two buddies are just regular guys i think so i mean yeah I think so. I just think they I think they have bad packages, you know, like I don't I think they're using like an old Mac. They need to upgrade because <laughs> right. later on during the fight he says this is where you earn your upgrades. So oh, you know, okay, yeah, you're right. Oh maybe yeah, they good. just have uh, the base model technology in the side of their bodies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but that, this is but this this is another example and it it's hilariously uh not plausible, but I didn't care at this point, but the 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 two approaches the two different approaches where Hobbs he just basically jumps off the building right it reminded me of the other guys I thought oh boy here mm-hmm. we go mm-hmm. right but then uh, but then Shaw's just like you know what I'm just gonna take this elevator that just happens to be here yeah or whatever where that was thing this was. elevator it's on the outside <laughs> of the building well like a uh, maybe this elevator is yeah or for washing windows yeah, yeah who knows who knows yeah uh, but you know. It was dumb, but uh, but I loved it. I loved it. Okay. Well, they pursue. I love they... that uh, the elevator is bulletproof, but it is not face-proof. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like some shots get tossed off at it. Just reflect completely off the side of it, yeah. but when Hobbs swings over with a guy and smashes his face right into a... Uh, Right into the side of it, completely it cracks. cracks. Yeah. yeah, there's there's a lot of uh, a lot of physics where uh, you know whenever it's convenient, there's physics, and when it's inconvenient, there's no physics or there's no there's no like reality. Like f- going back a bit, like in the prison scene where uh, you know Shaw and his mom are talking on the phone, but when she first comes in. Shaw's like, hey, is that really necessary? She's all chained up. But he's talking, not on the phone, but to yeah, the guard right, on the right. other side of the glass, right? And right. then it's like, okay, I guess we'll talk now. And now they're on the thing. <laughs> but, 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 and, it's, and then when, uh, when Hattie is kicking the shit out of the guy that the, the Rock told to shoot in the face, he doesn't hear any of it. But he's just on the other side of the glass. But that glass is completely soundproof, even when... People are being smashed into it and chairs are being smashed into it, but he doesn't hear it at all. So it's just this movie is definitely guilty of just 
whatever. <laughs> no one, no one cares, and I didn't care. But yep. I, but uh, Jackson definitely pointed out the prison things. Like, hey, how is he talking to the prison guard when uh, <laughs> when they're not on the phone? I'm like, ooh, that's that's a good point. It's a good point. Uh, I mean, this goes for the whole series, especially when they're in cars. It's like yeah. I've never known when they have like pieces in their ear or like walkie talkies. Like sometimes yeah. you see them, like don't get me wrong, but like a lot of the time, like they, I think it happens in this one at some point. Hobbs and Char are just talking to each other in separate vehicles. Mm. And it's like, I, I guess they're linked up, but uh, are they? I don't know. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24 7 US based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. They pursue and then rescue Hattie, and this is a wild scene. This is uh, the ensuing car chase here. They're in the McLaren. They manage to escape Brixton. He crashes into like a double-decker bus. It's all right. He's, you know, a machine. He just sort of like brushes it off. He's angry. He's very angry. (laughs) Um, He then frames all three of them as traitors, uh, because Etienne just has like control of like global news, I guess. Like they're they're locked in. Hey, I'm gonna ask it now. Is Etienne cipher? I was Good thinking question. the entire time. I'm like, this has to be, has to be. But there is no reveal. No. Uh, you know, jumping to the end that it's that it's cipher that it's Charlize Theron or, you know. I don't know if it's too early for a spoiler, Skeets, but uh, Ryan Reynolds voices that role. I did hear that. Oh, really? But isn't that just... uh, So you think there is something to that, or is that just him, like, filling in? Well, they say it's a placeholder, and that they, at least at the time of all of these random, like, Wikipedia and IMDb goofs updates, uh, they say they haven't confirmed him as the future big bad... But the it's got to either be Cypher or the Ryan Reynolds character because the director of Etion mentions that there's a history with Hobbs and certainly, you know, Cypher would have somewhat oh. of a history. But we know that Hobbs and Locke have a history that Hobbs is obviously not quite as fond of that Locke is. And, you know, as the mid-credits scenes reveal, Locke is a bit of a battler as well. Yeah. He seems like he's just a pencil pusher, but no, he's a murdering savage, just like the rest of them. (laughs) So, I don't know. I don't think Ryan Reynolds had a huge role in this movie for how big of a star he is. I would think it's going to be him going for it. Huh. Okay. I I did read, too, they wanted Keanu Reeves, I guess. Yeah, I read that, too. So, I mean, that tells me that they... They they just it was a totally new character and the history was something that we haven't we're not privy to mm-hmm. but I think it's wide open and it could be anything it might be cool if it was Rock or uh, uh, Lock I Locke. should say yeah um, but yeah John Lock 
from uh, Lost. <laughs> John Locke. Yeah, okay. the writers love to throw little their philosophers as character oh, yeah. names, eh? That's, uh, that's a good thing. <laughs> Uh, okay, so I thought this scene was awesome. The motorbike scene was oh, yeah. badass. Again, I already uh, alluded to uh, to Brixton and his transformer bike. I mean, when they when he goes under the semi truck, uh, cool. We get McLaren going under there too. A classic Fast and Furious sure. move. Um, I just thought it was a sick sick chase scene uh, through London. There, I think they shot it in Scotland. I read actually um, one line from this happening in this bunch here. The Rock says. Do you want to tell me what the fresh turkey hell we're dealing yeah. with? <laughs> That's what? not even a rock line. Yeah. What in the fresh turkey what hell? What in the fresh turkey hell? Yeah. Uh, it's in know. my notes as well. As That's a weird what? one. <laughs> that and uh, there's also a hilarious scene um, where something happens to one of the motorcyclists who is chasing and the motorcyclist gets smashed into it by a car, but they let the scene carry on for just a little bit to see the cyclist like getting off the hood of the car yeah. and hopping back on the motorcycle. I thought that was hilarious <laughs> for some yeah. reason. Uh, JD, did you like the motorbike scene? I loved it. And uh, most of the motorbike, I have to, well, absolutely. I mean, I don't know, but uh, all almost all CGI, right? I mean... There was no, like, let's build a motorcycle and, you know, run it through the streets of London or Glasgow or wherever they were shooting. Mm -hmm. You don't need to do it. We're at the point where you can use CGI. You don't have to actually throw vehicles out of airplanes. It. It'll still look cool. Right. You know what I mean? Like the technology is there. At the technology point, is there, guys. So yeah. let's uh let's let's keep the city streets clear for us pedestrians. <laughs> <laughs> Stop closing down <laughs> blocks and blocks of inner city <laughs> so for uh, especially us living in Atlanta here. Yeah. Don't stop closing the roads for Fast and Furious movies is what I'm saying. Okay. Okay. Well, I, I did think this was a cool scene and uh and and Trey, I'm sure you got excited when the McLaren went under the the semi truck and and so did the bike cuz I know you love that move. Oh yeah, underneath the semi, you're thinking, how are they going to Neither of these guys are known as the big drivers in the series True. uh overall. So you're like they're going to have to do something to kind of nod at Fast and Furious be coming from car racing background. So we get the motorcycle chase, which I agree, Skeets, is awesome. And then they do a nice little nod to the previous series going underneath the semi. That is a classic move we've mm-hmm. seen from the first scene of the entire franchise. And it was a new way to do it. Like, they've gone underneath the semi so many times uh, to the point that even Brian in Fast 7 says, I'm going old school to go yeah. underneath the semi. So we get a drift underneath a semi and then a transformer underneath the semi. I thought it was a perfect uh, little homage to the early days of the series. So the three of them now, I'm talking, of course, about Hobshaw and Hattie. They, they locate this Russian professor. He's won two Nobel Peace Prizes. Um, <laughs> but who's I, counting? Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> what's his name? Andriko? Andrei Kirilenko? Let's call him Kirilenko. Um, <laughs> anyway, he's the professor. He's the Russian professor. He explains he created Snowflake to efficiently deliver vaccines, not kill people. And, you know, it's now, it's it's backfired. And Etienne has sort of like flipped it on its head or they they have evil plans for it. So he basically lets Hattie know, who, by the way, remember, has this in her. Um, he says to prevent Etienne from using this super virus to eradicate humanity, Hattie, 
while the virus is still dormant, that's very convenient. Uh, it's, it, it takes a little <laughs> while in the human body, I guess, to uh, really unlock itself. She must either be killed and cremated. Okay. Super burned. Super <laughs> burned. Really burning. Or have the virus removed with the specialized extraction device, which is located, you guessed it, in Etion's special facility in uh in the ukraine mm-hmm. so we get we get this whole like you know she's just saying just kill me uh, it would have been amazing if they just okay boom <laughs> burn her and the movie's over done save the world <laughs> <laughs> an hour-long burning scene so it can still be 90 minutes well he said really burn her up so yeah, we're doing we our best here. sitting here watching it for an hour it'd be pretty morbid uh but no no this is uh this is deckard's sister come on we're doing these we're doing this other one nothing is impossible with this bunch so that's where we're headed but how are we gonna get there because these guys are i mean they've been fugitives for like 10 years running now but they're even more uh, on the most wanted list now, and they're, they're not going to be able to go anywhere. You're not even going to be able to fly to the Ukraine for crying out loud. Oh, yes, they are, because <laughs> Deckard Shaw, he's got he's got his own technology, his own workarounds here. This guy's a spy. So this is where we get in the, I don't know, in his bunker, I guess, where we see all the cars. We get a nice little, uh, not throwaway line, but a fun line where, the Rock is mentioning all his vehicles and then makes fun of the Mini Cooper. Yeah. And Deckard says, oh, I used that one for a job, you know, in Italy. The Italian job. That's the car. Uh, so that is that is now linking these two franchises, Trey, right? Does that mean we're getting Mark Wahlberg coming over? <laughs> God. Oh, oh, please. I hope so. But I mean... Incredible. Uh, there's a few of these little uh, references to other movies. Uh, people have caught on to the fact uh, that the jacket that Brixton wears has a logo on it that relates to the Alien franchise. Mm-hmm. I saw that. Yeah. The Wayland Corporation. Yeah, exactly and he, right. He plays a Wayland employee in Prometheus, I believe. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, and obviously Jason Statham had a role in the Italian job. Yeah. I love and it. And F, F. Gary Gray directed the Italian job, did he not? You might be right. Okay, and then let's keep it going. Is Ryan Reynolds? He's Deadpool. David Leitch, I think, directed. He directed Deadpool, Deadpool too. too. I mean, yeah. that's that's why Rob Delaney and and uh, oh, yeah. and uh, uh, Ryan Reynolds are in it, right? I yeah. mean, they were just hot off the heels of uh, Deadpool too. He's probably like, "Hey, come over to this set. I'm doing this new movie." Basically, just play Deadpool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know that is what he is doing in this movie for sure. Okay, so yeah, we get this little line with the car. That's sort of fun. And the passport scene here, where we're going to build some passports, um, which pays off at the airport, uh, <laughs> where they all have, they're all stepping to the counter, they're all dressed differently because they have their clothes, they have their new passports. Uh, Hattie, you know, through no problem, obviously, uh, Deckard through no problem. Haha, <laughs> Hobbs briefly detained due to Deckard making his fake alias Mike Oxmall. <laughs> Okay, my cocksmall, <laughs> my cocksmall. Uh, so I mean, this is like, oh my god, this is like a Simpsons joke. Oh, I love it. Uh, I love it. Bart Collin Moe's Tavern, uh, basically. <laughs> and you know, Hattie's like, well, that's a little, that's a little weird. I mean, we are going to try and save my <laughs> life. <laughs> this guy is pretty big. He might be, uh, he might be useful. You know, 
But nope, gotta get him, gotta prank him here. Though, <laughs> The Rock just talks his way onto the plane. I love that. He's like, yeah. he basically tells Deckard, like, people like me. I use my charm just to get get on here. It's something you would know nothing about. Uh, but so so they travel to uh, Moscow here, and and then well we get then we get Kevin Hart. But let's start with the the prank, JD. Where you laughing your ass off with I, in, uh, with Deckard's move here. In spite of myself, I was loving every second of it. <laughs> I loved. I love the outfits. I even thought Vanessa Kirby when she says thank you to the to the custom agent. I thought that was funny the way she did it. Thank you. You know, she's <laughs> right. in total disguise. She's not wanted, but that's okay. Uh, I don't know why she's in disguise, but uh, well, no, no, she's sort of wanted. She's. Uh, I guess say so. she's, she's wanted for killing the. Oh, MI6. that's right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Um, so uh, I loved and then uh, Jason Statham's outfit I thought was hilarious I mean mm-hmm. he's not really in disguise he's just no. dressed as a as a Swiss guy and his name was <laughs> Franz Gruber shout out yep. to Die Hard like Hans <laughs> Gruber Franz Gruber and uh, and then when The Rock you know it's so stupid but it's I've I laughed I just laughed and uh, my Mike Oxmall is uh it's just funny. It's just a funny little <laughs> gag to play on your friend while your sister is literally has 30 hours to live. But that's okay. That's, that's fine. That's I know. Fine. I know. <laughs> Weird timing to pull this one off. But all right. You got you got him. You did, you did have him detained there for a little bit, Trey. It did work. Yeah. And apparently they got to the airport early because it seems <laughs> Hobbs still gets on the plane. In pretty good time, yeah. all things mm-hmm. considered. But I'm like JD. Uh, fake names that are a little bit profane will always make me laugh. <laughs> there was a video going around not too long ago of like a you know some municipal meeting that was recorded, and some kids had obviously called in and scheduled a whole bunch of these names, and one of them was Don Kedick. Uh, we're looking for a Don Kedick. I'm, I'm like, I don't know. I will rewind these sort of things and yeah. watch them two or three times in a row, even knowing the names that are coming up. So, yeah, Mike Oxmall, I go by Michael. That was hitting for me. The uh, only, My only complaint about Mike Coxmall is... That it didn't really work uh, for when the the agents surrounded him and were like, "Hey, it's Mike Coxmall." Like it, it, it would have been better with a donkey dick or a, "Hey, it's donkey dick," you know, on the floor, donkey <laughs> dick. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, but that's my only complaint. <laughs> for that, so. All right. Well, on this plane, this is actually like a long scene. Kevin Hart shows up as an air marshal. Dinkley, I think he goes by. <laughs> Now, Dinkley. His name's Mike Dinkley. Dinkley. <laughs> I know. Now, when he showed up, I was like, oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> I am not a big Kevin Hart fan, especially like his movies. I don't find him all that funny. I was like, why is he here? What this, this, like, they are totally just forcing him into this story. Like, he's literally just sitting one row ahead of them. They're bickering, and he, like, interrupts them, and then they, like, call immediately what he is and you're like oh god no 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 but kevin hart was funny in this totally i thought this was a really super funny scene and i was i surprised myself i was like okay no this is actually he's good in this they gave him funny lines he delivered them incredibly he he doesn't play almost any part in the movie like i don't even know does he end up just helping them get a flight to samoa that's it (laughs) that's it yeah uh, he never comes back. 
in this one. I mean, maybe we'll see him in the future. I assume we will. Maybe in Hobbs and Shaw 2 or whatever. But, like, uh, it was funny. It was sort of pointless, Trey, but I laughed a couple times with some of his lines, for sure. Yeah, exactly. I... This is my favorite Kevin Hart role I've ever seen. It's, it's good. Yeah. Yeah. And apparently, uh, just like Helen Mirren getting into the franchise because she's like, it would be cool to be in this. And they put her in. Just being friends with The Rock will get you in a movie. Because mm-hmm. I guess they, mm-hmm. Kevin Hart and The Rock have done Central Intelligence Agency together. Oh, yeah. And then they did, a, or maybe it's just called Central Intelligence, whatever. Uh, and then they've done both of these Jumanji, Jumanji. movies yeah. together. So obviously they've got a little bit of a chemistry. They're definitely an odd couple sort with The Rock being gigantic and the Kevin Hart not so much. But I thought he was great in this role. And maybe that's the perfect way to use him. Just a little bit of comic relief. Yeah. And you don't see it coming at all. You're like, yeah. Suddenly they're talking, you know, they're they're just insulting each other on the plane for a whole bunch. We've got Hobbs hitting on Hattie a little bit to try and get uh, Shaw all fired up. And then suddenly, oh, that's not the jokes in this scene. We've got Kevin Hart in an uncredited cameo. I love it. I thought it was a great use of him. And yeah, it gives him a way to get to Samoa in the end, just because this guy (laughs) happens to be an air marshal. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, JD, were you a fan of this scene as much as we were? Yeah, again, in spite of myself, because, you know, it it is preposterous that an air marshal would be like, uh, hey guys, cut cut it out. And they make him, and then he makes both of them. And then, but I do love the idea that an air marshal is bored out of his mind. Like he's, he even says, I'm, you know, I used to see all sorts of action mm-hmm. and now I'm in a tin can full of farts. Like, and that's, that's his life now. Right. And, Cass would disagree with that. Cass says you can fart on a plane. It doesn't smell. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Uh, and he, yeah, just the idea that he's just desperate for action and he can, he makes these guys as he doesn't know really what they're up to, but he knows that they're up to something cool and he just wants to wants a part of it. It's almost like Kevin Hart is just like, hey, let me in your movie. I want to be in your movie because it's it seems pretty cool. And then, you know, we see it when we see him again. He's literally taking a shit like that's what he's doing. <laughs> he's just sitting oh, on yeah, a toilet right. saying, hey, you're welcome for the flight to Samoa. What a great cameo. It's just, it's just, he comes in and it it completely diffuses this situation where it does run on a little long with their back and forth. And what are you guys going to throw down on the plane here? And then he completely diffuses it and it's all just played for comedy. And I loved it. I loved it. Yeah, what's going to be the problem is there's going to be a Hobbs and Shaw too. There's going to be a lot more Kevin Hart. And then will it still stick the landing? Uh, or was this like the perfect amount of heart? Uh, Maybe. You know he's going to be in another. Oh, yeah. Like, hey, listen. He, I've, uh, he helped him out. They're going to owe him a favor or whatever. He'll, he'll help him again, whatever. I uh, you, you said this was his best role. I would almost agree with that. But he, Kevin Hart in Jumanji is amazing. You know, legit uh, amazing. Okay. You should see it because that movie is, is super fun. And uh, I gained a whole new respect for Kevin Hart because the guy can act, A, and he basically, well, I'm not going to say what he does, but uh, but just watch Jumanji, the first one. Okay. It's it's actually quite good. Okay. Uh, well, after the plane scene, after Kevin Hart is introduced, uh, we get a, a little rendezvous here. Deckard goes and sees his former flame, Margarita, uh, to rearm up in Moscow. And the three then infiltrate the, the facility here. Wait, I said Ukraine. Are they in Ukraine or are they in Russia for this this device? 
Yeah, great question. I, I, I mean, Wikipedia told me Ukraine, but I don't know if that's true. Maybe, that, maybe, there's, maybe there's a typo in here on one of these. It doesn't matter. They're over there. Um, I really glossed over this Deckard mm. meeting this margarita scene. I sort of, at this point, I had checked out a little bit. Um, so I don't, did I miss anything? <laughs> Not really. I literally like, just like, it's, it's like, I can't even remember what happens in it. I think the biggest things to know in this scene are that they get a whole bunch of guns and ammunition, and yep. we hear about the Mick Jagger. Right. Oh, That's yes. where the concept of the Mick Jagger is first uh, mentioned. One of the crew members uh, is Mick Jagger, strutting out in front, drawing all the eyes while the rest of the crew make the music. Yeah, I forgot about these little flashback scenes from the Shaw family. Uh, the Keith Moon was one of the other mm-hmm. ones, was it right. not? Very early in the movie, these little things they did as kids that they uh, labeled, uh, you know, after after rock stars basically, and that was uh, because of what they were doing in their little heists or whatever their plans were when they were children that were corrupt children because they grew up under Magdalene. But yeah, that's a good point. Um, I, w- I guess I have one question: Does she? Does Margarita also? rat them out at all like does she backstab well, them she, at all with Brixton she, or am I crazy she is the way to get Hattie to Brixton right like she yeah. basically the the it's a ruse like oh, I'm turning her in and okay. then she lies to Brixton and he says uh was she alone? And he says, yeah, uh, she says, yes, she was alone. And oh, okay. then he says, if you're lying, I'm going to kill you. Or okay. Okay. That, I remember or them, I'm gonna rip I remember your them heart having out. a scene. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was like, uh, yeah, again, I was so, I think what was going on. I think I was taking Luna outside. <laughs> quick, set, quick piss break. Uh, so there was a lot going on in the house. Okay. Huh. Didn't um, even bother pausing it. The disrespect. Yeah. I, I was, I was like, uh, Nora was still watching. Let's just tell me if anything important happened. She obviously didn't. Um, so they are infiltrating this facility. Let's just get there. Whether it's in the Ukraine or Russia, who cares? Uh, they managed to retrieve the device um, before escaping and, and, and Trey said it. This is where they are. They are tied up. There's, this is the shock scene. Then they pull the Mick Jagger because Hattie sort of rescues them, along with the uh, Russian professor who mm-hmm. plays a big part, quite the hero, if you think yeah. about it, in, in the grand scheme of things. Um, he's killed, but man, he goes down in a blaze of glory because he's got Literally. the flamethrower and he is, he is really helping them out. So they, 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 they escape, our, our three heroes, but the device is damaged during the escape and the facility's destruction. Uh, Trey, there, there's a lot there. Uh, favorite parts from this huge setup here at the facility? Well, my favorite part is the side-by-side, side-by-side fight that we get from Hobbs and Shaw. You know, they first get to the facility, they come up to a couple of doors, Shaw goes to the one on the right, and Hobbs says, that's my door. No, this one's my door. You get that other one. And then, you know, Shaw does his little x-ray vision sort of thing. Sees there's a whole bunch of bad guys hanging out behind the door. Actually, this is your door, uh, he says to Hobbs. But Hobbs is not going to buy it. He's like, what, is there a bunch of bad guys behind that door? Yeah, there is. Leads us to another would you rather or a what you got. Would you rather fight one gigantic guy like Hobbs does a seven-foot guy that he takes down with a single punch, if I'm not mistaken, or would you rather fight through a bunch, eight to ten normal-sized henchmen, which Shaw does. Yeah. Unfortunately, he goes a little too far with them, and he can't get 
his door open at the end, but right. luckily he finds one guy. So would you rather fight one giant guy or a lot of normal size? <laughs> JD, mm. JD, have at it. What's your? I answer? mean, it depends if anyone's watching. I guess. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> well, the other guy is watching. You. Suppose, yeah, that's yeah. true. Uh, you know, give me the give me the one guy. Yeah, you know, the path of least resistance, really. Yeah. And that guy, he looked almost decrepit. He was so big. (laughs) It wasn't quick. No, not at all. And that's sort of a bit of a problem when you have The Rock as your hero. It's really hard to find humans who look like they could take him. I thought it was Bobon for one second. Sure. I was like, well, and I, you know, and knowing Beaumont has been in John Wick, I'm like, oh, yeah. But, but I like, I was like, he's, it's not him because I, I would have known that. But uh, you're right, JD. There's not many, not many humans on this planet that can, you know, physically sort of uh, step to the rock and look like they could dominate him. Right. Yeah. Or at least like they tried to have him like loom over him and yeah. look, and he did sort of look intimidated. But then he just punches him in the face, which is, it's great. It's yeah. great. Yeah, some comedy there, of course. Uh, what a weird, what a weird setup of this yeah. facility. <laughs> like, yeah. why are there, there are these two like, you know, basically hallways <laughs> with glass hallways at that, with this room in the middle? Like, what is this room in the middle that they can see? That's weird. There's some sort of transport that the gigantic <laughs> guy is underneath, and like he comes out from underneath. <laughs> yeah. it. So we're led to believe that there's like eight to ten henchmen just watching this guy do repairs. <laughs> like, yeah. like, we yeah. gotta see what old Joe's doing down there in the shop. This guy really knows how to tighten a lug nut. Yeah, you wanna talk about a tin can of farts? How about that hallway with <laughs> these eight to ten henchmen just ripping farts all day long? It's like it's no like windows. We, we gotta go through, we gotta get to the base, we gotta go through the base, we gotta go through the garage and the break room simultaneously. <laughs> <laughs> It's true. It's true. So, um, yeah, the funny part, of course, like they managed to take out all the guys. That's not a problem. And then the payoff Trey said it is you got to use one of the you got to use the guys uh, retinas, basically, uh, or facial facial recognition to uh, unlock the door. So the rock has no problem because he's no he knows it's that giant guy that he just knocked out. But then Shaw's got to it's like, you know, we've all been in that situation with keys before. Where it's like, uh, you know, maybe, I don't know what the situation would be where you wouldn't know the key, but Mm -hmm. you're like, you got 10 of them. You're like, oh God, it's it's one of these. And you're like, sure. It's like being on Survivor. Yeah. You're like, well, uh, it's a bit of a crapshoot. Here we go. And, and Shaw would have been, Shaw would have been probably going home that night if he was on the island (laughs) because he would have blown it. It took him a long, long time. Uh, the last body, if I, if I remember correctly, um, to finally get through. So the whole time I'm just saying... Just walk around, man. Just like walk, <laughs> back, walk back through the door you came. Go to the door True. that Hobbs went. Just cruise on through. Yeah, but together. I I thought it was neither door would open. They both have to open simultaneously. Oh, at the same oh. I think that's why they were doing oh, that. Oh, that was the setup. Yeah, it's gotta be. It has to be. That's a good point. Okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> All right. I need you eleven. You eleven. Got to go down to the garage right now, and you're going in at the same time. Big guy, <laughs> fix the thing. Everybody else, let us know how he's doing. One, two, three, go. <laughs> oh, interesting. Strange, strange setup. So, like I said, they they do escape, and this thing, like this facility, just is like completely destroyed. Uh, but 
that that device, this thing we need to save Hattie. This, the whole reason we're doing this, it's 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 busted. It's like uh, it, it makes sense. I was actually happy with that. It's like it was in that truck that basically got like completely destroyed, mm-hmm. uh, and so now they're in trouble. Um, this was a wild action scene too. I don't want to gloss over it. I, I'm sort of like struggling if uh, if I'm being honest to remember the details of this. <laughs> of what like what's the big set piece in this one, TK? Would you say of this escape here at this facility? What is it? A couple things that stood out to me are when the doctor comes through with the flamethrower. Yeah, like you're saying, yeah. he's uh, he's crazy. you know he's the Roman Pierce coming out in out of nowhere, a character that we know is somewhere around and you don't expect to be the hero there. Hobbs is driving just a massive transport and crashing through everything. I guess that's uh that has been Hobbs's style throughout this is he has whatever the biggest vehicle you could possibly have. And that's all smashing into stuff. Hattie does pull a jump. You know, they're, they're like, uh, we got to trade paint, right? Yes. Hattie pulls a jump from Shaw to Hobbs. And then she lands on his lap. They stare at each other. They nearly share a smooch, but they don't. And then we get a fight on the back of that transport as Hattie is driving. And I mean, they basically lose. They get away, like you're saying, Skeets, but the thing is broken, and these guys take some serious hits. Uh, yeah, Brixton is on the back. Brixton. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. the two yeah. of them against Brixton. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And they're they're not doing a, as great a job, I guess, working together at this point, JD. <laughs> Though they sort of are. <laughs> right. Hobbs and Shaw. Like, they I guess they're s- taking turns a little bit more. Yeah. I mean, they save the working together till the absolute climax of the yeah. movie, I guess. When they turn to each other and say, hey, man, we should work together. I'll get hit in the face and then you can hit him. Right. Oh, yeah. It they is during um, during this scene that, you know, they're fighting. I think it's Hobbs and Shaw are fighting against Brixton. And Brixton eats those delicious breadcrumbs. The fate of the world is in your hands, and you can't even get along. (laughs) Oh, yes, 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 I remember that. We were wondering if they were going to be able to. I hated one thing always with Brixton. Loved him as a villain, obviously love Elba. But I hated, like, when they would go, and they went to it, like, three times, it felt like, in this movie. That, That shot, JD, where it's like... He like his uh, computer cybernetics yeah. are, like computing like the enemy coming at him, and it's always Terminator the rock and jaw. Yeah, yeah, Terminator view, and it's like we saw that like three times. Uh, uh, I just didn't love that. I don't know why. Maybe it was by the third time. I was like, okay, we get it, man. He's like, <laughs> the, the computer is helping him like power up and where to duck and all that. But yeah, we, we yeah. got that same shot. Like it looked exactly the same all three times to me. Yeah, it, yeah, and because it's almost slow motion, and the, the yeah. guys, the guys punching him, they kind of look stupid, right? From the point yeah. of view, yeah. it's just like, I don't know, <laughs> I, I can't do it, but it's just, it's just like, okay, um, yeah. So, do we need it? I don't think so. I think they just wanted to sell it for the end, right? For mm-hmm. the, for the. Oh, we gotta, we gotta, you know. He can only fight one guy at a time, apparently, <laughs> or whatever. Like, I know the way to defeat upgrade. The, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it's the only way to defeat this boss is like if you're playing contra with your buddy, you both better be there at the end. Right. Uh, somebody with the spread gun, somebody with the laser gun, you're gonna take down this enemy. Um, so this is where the movie turns uh, turns bad for me. Okay. They they and there are breadcrumbs early in this movie about family, about the about the rock, about Hobbs and like 
where his family is and he's got a photo of his dad uh rocky johnson um but this thing is destroyed this very important extremely high-tech piece of equipment to save hattie and Hobbs says hmm i know where we should take this he goes to his childhood home in samoa to visit his estranged brother jonah who is a talented mechanic Mm-hmm. to help him repair this device and then lay low before uh, confronting Brixton again. Come on. Come. Like, I get it. The family angle. What happens on the island. Okay, maybe it ends up being cool if you like the action scene. But the, just the idea that his brother, who is just a good mechanic, he's basically Brian O'Connor. He's basically... Maybe, no. No, he's better what? than Brian. Why? Why? <laughs> he's just what? level easily. Okay, yeah, yeah, didn't okay. weren't wasn't he sort of like a jack of all trades? Like don't don't they uh make it sort of that he's um he like when the backstory with his father and they're doing jobs and doing all sorts of different jobs, uh different stuff, you know? Yeah. Uh, so he has well, a he's wider a, he's a range mechanic. of abilities. Uh, yeah. He's like a handyman, JD. Well, he's fixing a mechanical device. Well, I'm going to argue that this is like a little more uh, detailed than a 67 Impala or something like that. <laughs> like, this, this thing is... Uh, okay, anyway, he's like, yeah, okay, I'm, I'm I'll with do you, it. Because to me, it's, it's odd that they're like, we needed to go somewhere off the grid, but also... While we're there off the grid, we're going to be able to fix this incredibly high-tech device. Sure, sure. Those seem at odds to me. Is, what, if, what if he's, he, you say he's just a mechanic, but maybe he's been wasting his talents and he's actually uh, a genius engineer, you know? Like, somebody's got to fix it and maybe it just needs to be turned on, right? He's not actually, <laughs> yeah. it's like it's like the starter needs to be uh, changed or something, you know? Okay. I mean, I get, I but definitely basically get... they're telling us Jonah is uh, what's her name from uh, um, from the Black Panther Shuri, yeah, like that's what they're saying. And then okay. this uh, this island is uh, um, Wakanda. Wakanda, right? <laughs> okay, so I mean, why like why not? I mean, also I I'm glad they tried and gave a reason why the Rock has never been back. I mean, I thought mm-hmm. it was a pretty lame ass reason. I guess he like. Put his dad in jail, right? Turned on the on the mm-hmm. family. Yeah. Uh, became a cop, obviously. But that doesn't really fit his character either. Like, why Why would you do that to your mom? Why would you do that to your other brothers? And and uh, I thought it was lame. I didn't like this part. I got to say it. Um, I, I don't like the story. I don't like uh, that Jonah can fix this. But right. J- okay, JD's fine with it. Uh, you're just saying it's I mean, untapped that, that, potential with him. Yeah. After everything that's happened, this is where you suspend your your just, suspension of disbelief stops. It's just like okay, I, mean, I guess we all have our limits, you know. That's <laughs> true. That's true. So okay, Hobbs has a very tense reunion with his family, but Jonah is eventually persuaded to help them um, by their mom. Uh, yes, who I who I read is younger than the Rock in real life. <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Which is pretty funny. Uh, so, so this is where the final stand is going to go down. Or in Samoa, Jonah's doing his Shuri-like things here, trying to fix this thing. 
Uh, but we also, I guess, have enough time in the day to, to set up booby traps and turn it into Home Alone here, TK. Uh, you know, do a bunch of digging, do a bunch of setting up, uh, uh, again, things that are going to come in handy in a little bit. Because this makeshift battalion prepares for Etienne's arrival. They know it's coming. So they set up these traps around the island, like I said. Jonah successfully repairs the device. JD, you're right. Hey, look. Look, <laughs> I didn't think he could do it. I didn't think he had the tools there. Oh, yeah, nice shop. Um, yeah. I just didn't think he had the smarts to do it. But he starts the virus extraction just as Brixton and the army arrive. And this is where we get the ensuing battle and uh, all of Brixton's soldiers. They're defeated because they do a slick move. I will say I like the uh, fire move, like the mm-hmm. fire ring move, where they box them in, TK, to take them down here. But we'll, we'll go through this in a little more detail. The final set piece, the final battle, Brixton there, all these uh, operatives of his with, uh, with uh, Etion. Uh, versus the Samoans versus uh, versus a bunch of wrestlers yeah (laughs) which is awesome (laughs) yeah I thought it was actually pretty smart the way they go about you know uh, battling Brixton's technological superiority because we get the scene earlier in the movie where Hattie has an Etion gun pulled on Brixton and she's ready to shoot him she's ready to shoot him in the head Mm -hmm. she pulls the trigger it won't pull because they have this activation chip and that's when we see oh your technological superiority that's your achilles heel buddy they thought of everything uh so yeah they're like we only need six minutes we're gonna get them all contained inside this fire thing pretty smart move uh i i thought by uh, Hobbs and his crew there. There's some fun moments in this fight, I thought. I love seeing Roman Reigns hit the spear and the Samoan drop. Yep. Pretty funny uh, for wrestling fans. The part with Hobbs and the chain and the helicopter is pretty hilarious. At least yeah. we get to see one superhero or another superhero sort of uh, feat of strength from Hobbs there. We had him mm-hmm. jumping 30 or 40 floors earlier after running down the side <laughs> of uh, yep. the skyscraper. And now he's able to hold a helicopter, but he doesn't have to do it for long. So I like that, that he yeah. only has to hold it briefly, you know, Ugh. just a little bit of a flex. And I also like that we get to see a little bit of Samoan Nos. We saw uh, <laughs> Dental Nos earlier in this franchise. This Hit him with the moonshine now! Another great uh, little bit of a nod to the past of Fast and Furious. How are they going to get Nas in this, you know? How were they going to do it? They found out a way. Yeah, I was kind of hoping that Jonah would have just injected Nas into the device he was trying to fix, and that would have uh, that would have come that would have been perfect for the Fast and Furious uh, universe. Just needs a little Nas, guys. Yeah, yeah. Nas. Yeah, the helicopter scene, JD. Because uh, Brixton, Brixton does get Hattie, and yeah, this is where we get uh, uh, the trucks lining up. Mm-hmm. They, they start linking up. Wow, they're pretty good at linking up. I'll tell you that. The Samoans have mastered that. The one guy does like a, a double hook throw. Yeah. Boom, nails it on the first go. The other guy just has some device on his truck that like he presses and it links up. Uh, to the one behind them because they get mm-hmm. this little train going because the, the helicopter is trying to like pull away obviously trying to go up pull up and uh, they just need more weight so they just keep adding uh, trucks basically to the to the front to this little train to uh, to keep it down it's hilariously unbelievable but uh, that's where we are in the franchise so whatever. hey at least at yeah. least they're not going backwards right <laughs> yeah that's fair that's fair. Uh, so you were you're okay with it? These guys. I mean, uh, it, it was my down? least. It was my least favorite part. Uh, 
just it's because it's the most fast and furious part right yeah. like it's like oh okay let's get in the cars we got to get in the cars it's a fast and furious movie so let's just let's let's get in the cars um you know but uh again they weren't going in reverse which i so i enjoyed that and uh <laughs> you know you have to weigh down the, the helicopter and uh, I didn't quite understand what the booby traps were. Like we see them digging these the oil cans that they're burying, and I guess they're used as projectiles. You know, is that what they were intended for? (laughs) Like, were they expecting this sort of uh, chase with a helicopter, trying to keep a helicopter (laughs) on the ground? They might bring a helicopter. Yeah. But on that, but there were other booby traps that I really enjoyed, like triggering the the big arm that comes and sla- slams into uh, another one of the enemy's trucks and whatever. And so that part of it was fun. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, again, it's a Fast and Furious movie, so I I sort of have to live with it, I guess. Yeah, I would love to compare the weights of all of the cars used to pull down the helicopter in Hobbs and Shaw versus all of the cars used to pull down the gigantic plane in Fast Five. Because I feel like there are fewer cars in Fast Five that are attached via carpoon. Yeah, I think you're right. They have found in this franchise the strongest chains, um, (laughs) wires, carpoons, as we call them. They found, like... uh, Vibanium. What, no, wait, is it? What is it? In, uh, vibranium, yeah. Vibranium, vibranium, yeah. Like, this yeah. is, they must be made of this. I'm starting to link these worlds together because they almost never snap. You're right. And it's... they can take a lot of pressure. <laughs> Although, at times, people are like, it's going to snap. It's <laughs> yeah. going to snap. Well, I don't think so. It usually doesn't, man. If you're as obsessed with basketball as I am, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Hey guys, this is JJ Reddick. Twice a week, I'm cooking up something special for basketball junkies on my podcast, The Old Man and the Three. I bring on guests in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, like Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash or Paolo Bencaro on his shooting workouts with Kevin Durant, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron when they were teammates in Miami. But it's not just about the player interviews. Every Monday, I break down the top three things happening around the NBA without the outlandish takes. Often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler, we dive deep into topics like rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? The Old Man of the Three is the only companion podcast you'll need during the playoffs this year. Be sure to listen to The Old Man of the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. Victorinox, the makers of the original Swiss Army Knife, have been a reliable companion for life's everyday challenges, mastering functionality, innovation, iconic design, and uncompromising quality with its products. The Victorinox Swiss Army Knife provides you with all the things you don't think about until you need it tweezers, a screwdriver, and even a corkscrew. With the Victorinox Swiss Army Knife, you can be prepared to master everyday life. You can find Victorinox Swiss Army Knives at Dick's Sporting Goods. Uh, so the helicopter goes down. Uh, down go Hobbs and Shaw in, in, their, in their vehicle. Um, Hattie, of course, is in the helicopter. They all fall off a cliff. Now, mm. breadcrumb from The Rock a little earlier in the whole montage setting up for the uh, the battle. He says something along the lines of, like, the island. The island will... Uh, provide. Provide. Or, yeah. yeah. And it does, because we get a storm. You know, Right away, you're like, it's going to storm. Yeah. Um, and it does. 
Well, it starts to rain. It's just a heavy rain, actually. But I was convinced when they fall down, like this sort of waterfall or wherever they end up landing, I was like, they're gonna. I th- I thought Brixton was gonna be defeated because of lightning, mm-hmm. like uh, electricity, electricity, like in the water, and that was gonna like get shorted out. Or yeah, something. I was so like, that's gonna happen. It doesn't. It doesn't. Um, instead, Hobbs and Deckard, <laughs> they work together. They literally <laughs> tell each other, "Let's work together." Uh, really, really cheesy. And um, yeah, they they fight Brixton, and that's what it took. The two of them working together. That did it. And, or it was doing it enough where Etion, you know, this unseen director, whoever it is, remotely terminates uh, poor, uh, yeah, I'm going to call him poor, poor Brixton. Yeah, yeah I like Brixton. <laughs> he just got roped up in the wrong uh, crowd. Um, and he just like sort of shuts down and I guess falls off another cliff, if I remember correctly. Yeah. <laughs> 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 like a waterfall after a waterfall. Washed out to sea. Yeah. Um, He'll be back. He'll be back on the game. <laughs> for sure. For sure. For sure. I mean, he can't, like, he really can't die, like Trey said, yeah. or in theory, he can't, or he can be brought back to life. So he should be, uh, he should be back in the next one. Okay. So I didn't love this. Uh, you know, meanwhile, Hattie, I guess, has sort of gotten away from the one guy that had a gun to her. What does she do to get out of that jam? Is that where she, does she use electricity a little bit? Or uh, yeah, she, well, she ignites, there's a loose wire conveniently right next to her, <laughs> uh, and yes. she ignites the fuel that's been leaking uh, oh, from that's the helicopter. Oh, that's it, that's and, it, that's uh, it. Yeah, it's fine. Um, the island it, provided. Yeah, the island provided. <laughs> and sure. I think it was the guard just sleepy. <laughs> like, uh, doesn't Brixton, he's like, as soon as that buzzer goes yeah. off, put a, bu- a bullet in her head. Uh, and he's just like he's just struggling. I know, he did after. fall in an airplane like, or a helicopter. He's like, he's not feeling great. He's probably got a concussion. Yeah, that guy is struggling. <laughs> oh. But I do love that. Finally, finally, at the very end, Hobbs and Shaw are like, "Hey, let's not go about this like the henchmen, attacking one on one." I'll let him punch me in the face, then you can punch him, and we get some great slow mos oh, yeah. of these guys getting slow mo punched in the face <laughs> with the rain. Yeah. yeah, yeah, very funny. But uh, that's a good tip if you're ever in an action movie and you're fighting like the bad guys, you're probably doing it wrong. Mm. Yeah, and uh, again, they set this up and they slipped it in there. This fight starts at the break of dawn because they, I think Deckard says that's when Brixton will do it. Uh, you know, sort of that's when we were trained to uh, to attack like this. It right. turns into the day. Very quickly. And then the storm happens, so it sort of turns night again very quickly. Right. Uh, I forgot this part. When the rock is in his, um, like, uh, not, uh, what's the term for it? Um, the, the sorry? Or sorry, the, yeah, that's what, yeah. exactly. He then basically does a wardrobe change during the middle right. of a battle. Yeah. Or he had <laughs> pants on underneath it. I think he has pants on underneath. I he think must. He they too, show a yeah. wide scene of it. Yeah. And then and like throws a shirt khakis. on, though. But then he throws a shirt on. <laughs> yeah. I think that there was a deleted scene about that shirt because there is some significance to it that we were never privy to because there's a uh, somebody hands him the shirt Right, it's like an older shirt. It's got the number seven on it. Yeah. Maybe it's his lucky shirt from being a kid or something. And basically says, "Hey, where uh, your mom thought you might might want to wear this, and that's all we get." <laughs> right? 
And then the shit is hitting the fan, and then he's like, okay, I got to get rid of this area, and I'm going to get on the truck, and I'm putting on my lucky shirt or something. It, it has to be, right? Yeah, like, there has to okay. be some significance to it. Uh, I don't... Or maybe The Rock just didn't want to be on the back of that truck for however many days they were shooting with Tomless. no shirt on, yeah. right? Like... Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? See, a quick wardrobe change does happen there. Uh, At least for, we see him putting it on, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I was a little... You're telling me he had full-on pants underneath his... Uh, sorry. <laughs> I'm not telling you that. a little freaking weird. <laughs> I, I don't know. But I think Trey's right, because <laughs> like, we don't see him scene. struggling to put his pants on at some point. That'd yeah. be funny. He must have them. He, like, rips it off. Yeah. Take the wheel. And he's, like, putting on his pants. Like, <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. So, uh, they they defeat Brixton, like I said. And then we get this thing. I mean, the movie, like, ends pretty damn quick. Uh, the director, this uh, Etion director, sends mm-hmm. a message claiming to know Hobbs. And, and uh, I'm starting to come around to Kirby's theory here about it being Ryan, Ren- Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I definitely read that he's the voice, but wow, okay, that's going to be a little twist here. He's going to turn on him somehow, or he's been backstabbing him the entire time. So in a mid and post credit scene, uh, there's two of them here. Hobbs brings his daughter to meet their extended family in Samoa. That's very nice. And mm-hmm. Deckard and Hattie are implied to bust their mother out of prison uh, with the little birthday cake there. Tells her not to eat it. Hobbs also receives a call from his partner, Locke. This is the second scene here, uh, informing him that he has broken into a facility and discovered another virus worse than the snowflake virus. And uh, again, that goes to, to Trey's theory here. Locke's a bit of a badass himself here. <laughs> uh, maybe he is this Etion. Hmm. Okay. So that's well, I mean, uh, why does he know all about these viruses? Why is he the one tracking these viruses? Trying to get his hands on them? Or, or is he trying to protect point. people? Good question. Yeah, Which it's a good, it's a great theory. I mean, I love it. I, I, I hope it pays off. Uh, I hope Ryan Reynolds is in the movie more mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. next time. Uh, so if he's the villain, that even better, even mm. better. Okay. Uh, oh wait, there is one more scene. Um, Hobbs <laughs> secretly has the London police, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, go to Shaw's bar or wherever he is place in retaliation for the Mike Oxmall prank um, with Hobbs telling the police that Deckard's name is Hugh Janus. Classic. (laughs) And see. That's the movie. (laughs) Hugh Janus. I feel like Mike Oxmall was a fresh one. I I don't think I had ever heard that one. one. Mike Oxmall before, but Hugh Janus... They could have come up with something better for yeah, that. That's been around totally. for a long time. 100%, yeah. 100%. Okay, so that, so that's the movie. Um, let's just go to the fast and the furious part of the podcast. Things we like and then things we hate. Any random observations we can throw in, then we'll rate this bad boy. Uh, JD, we'll start with you. Favorite scene or quote or whatever. What what'd you love the most? Yeah, my favorite scene. I loved anything with Ryan Reynolds in it. I know that he's just playing Ryan Reynolds or the or Deadpool, which is basically Ryan Reynolds. But uh, and then I I maybe because I was so surprised to see him and delighted to see him. And then I thought that that the the first scene with him in the diner is legit hilarious. And then we cut to the Shaw side and we see Rob Delaney right away. And I was just loving every second of that. Um, 
yeah, and I loved the fight between Hattie and Hobbs. I think that's my favorite fight, just because she's throwing garbage bags at him. She's like hitting him with a helmet. I love the sequence where she puts the helmet on and then it pops off and her wig comes off. And uh, Mm -hmm. that was just funny. There's a lot of levity in it. Uh, And then... And then at that, during that fight, Rachel was like, as if, as if like The Rock wouldn't be able to take her. And then Trey, you mentioned it. When he's had enough, he just literally stands up and holds her like <laughs> yeah. rag doll yeah. above his head. And it's just great. Like it's, I just love the choreo- choreography of that. Uh, Leach, the director, he was uh, he was part of John Wick. I don't know if he directed it or he was he was at least part of it. He was a stuntman before, so all these sequences, you know, he's got his hands on all of them. So, you know, and then meanwhile, by the way, we're intercutting with Shaw fighting in the apartment, and he's got a toaster at one point. You yeah, know, like he's yeah. just fighting with a toaster, and then we also see the grenade uh, as a booby trap, and then we go, of course, she's a Shaw. They have, they love their explosives, sure you know, do. and so, uh, yeah, I mean, oh, he uh, slides over and puts the pin back in, yeah. does he not? Or That's right, yeah. yeah. Which was a pretty you don't see that often. You <laughs> don't see people diving towards a grenade and putting it putting the pin back in. Uh, oh, that's but, a nice touch too. She has doesn't she have that basically as a necklace all the time? Yeah, like a, yeah. a yeah. pin that from from a previous uh, heist or, or adventure of some kind. So where is Owen in all of this? Great question. Did, and I was where confused by a line where uh, where Shaw says to Brixton, uh, "You made me kill my own brother." Did he yeah. say that? Did I dream that? He definitely said he that. He definitely said that. So, so maybe. Maybe he got. Maybe, is that is? Did he kill Owen? No, that couldn't. Well, be. this happens. Trey, correct me if I'm wrong. You're the expert. This happens between the Fate of the Furious, the last movie we just watched, and then the next one, F9. I mean, like in the timeline, this is between then. Mm-hmm. So, I guess th- that wouldn't make a lot of sense. That means Shaw would have gone like back to working with Brixton. From the yeah, time of the... I, fa- that doesn't make any sense. So, yeah, yeah I was confused I don't know. by that too, J.D. Trey, do you Who know knows? anything we don't know? Uh, no, this is a, this is one of the questions of this movie is, does he mean my brother, meaning Owen, my literal biological brother? Is that maybe why their mom is suddenly in jail now? That's also never explained. Right. right? Oh, like, right. she's in jail for some reason. Um, she's very interested in uh, Deckard, you know, like reigniting his relationship with Hattie. Yeah. They don't mention Owen at all, so perhaps yeah. something went on there. Or perhaps he's speaking specifically about Brixton. We were brothers in arms yeah. going through this same thing. You tried to, you turned bad. You tried to turn me bad. Ergo, I had to kill you, my brother. Which <laughs> is it? My guess is most likely the second. So, okay. I, But they should have said something about Owen or like gave him as much of a cameo as he had in fast eight, where he basically just shows up, you know, to be on the plane for a second. They could have had him do something. Oh, I just thought of this too. Another reason you're probably right with your, uh, lock Ryan Reynolds as the real bad guy. The leader of Etion is one of their plans. Etion's plans is to like turn Hobbs and Shaw. Right. And even like Brixton is like, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Why would we do that? Like, Give it a go. Try it. That's right. It's just like, so, but like that might make a little more sense of like Locke being a double agent of some sort. Like, okay, let's try and get them on 
on my side, the evil side. <laughs> this uh, was a strange plan. Even if it is Locke, uh, that was weird. That was never going to work. Okay. Um, anything else, JD, that you loved? Uh, I loved the, the real quick, the, uh, when the, the scene on the airplane where The Rock is basically like, uh, hey, it's not the 1950s. If your sister wants to climb this mountain, she chooses to. I'm gonna let her. Like yeah. <laughs> that was just a great way to approach this yeah, sort of yeah. this antiquated way that uh, Jason Statham's character is uh, looking at it, and he's like, "Hey, man, it's tw- It's the, it's a new millennium. We're, you know, get out of the dark ages. If your sister wants to have sex with me, uh, I'm I'm gonna let her. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna force anybody. I'm not gonna hit on her, but." Uh, the mountain is open for business. Oh, yeah, because we even got The Rock's daughter early in the movie when they see a photo of Hattie. Oh, she's pretty. Yeah. Are they all this pretty? And like he's like, they're not all this pretty. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Which actually is wrong, at least in the franchise in this we've world, been watching. In this universe, I mean, most yeah. of the, uh, you know, quote-unquote... Uh, bad <laughs> uh, females are pretty attractive actually mm-hmm. so they are this pretty um, but anyway uh, TK scene car quote favorite things uh, my favorite scene is definitely when Hobbs has Hattie back at the CIA black site and you know they're going back and forth and it's this the Shaw and Hobbs relationship just with a different Shaw and there's a lot of great quotes going back and forth uh, at one point Hobbs quotes Nietzsche to her because he's smart but also has gigantic muscles. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Breadcrumbs play off a little bit later because she thought he was quoting Bruce Lee. Oh no! Later he quotes Bruce Lee and she thinks it's Nietzsche. I thought that was great. <laughs> that <is> great. <laughs> and I do love that the first time we have soundproof pl- glass in this series is when Hobbs is FaceTiming with his daughter, and while they're on the FaceTime, yeah. she's trying to get him to do the people's eyebrow. Do that thing with your eyebrow. What eyebrow? You know that thing you do. I don't do that thing. I don't even know what you're talking about. Hey, one more thing. It's the eyebrow. That was great. Uh, There's a lot of great little meta nods to this. I think Game of Thrones is like almost a tertiary character. You know, it comes up in the scenes with Locke at the diner. It comes up even later in the movie with the diner. We also see that both Hobbs and Shaw in that intro scene, they both do the Arya Stark where like, you know, somebody's going for a move and they drop it. I think Hobbs like catches it again and does a stab, whereas uh, Decker just lets it drop onto the guy's foot. So I thought that was kind of an interesting way uh, to play with pop culture there. And I also did love the line uh, a little bit later on when Brixton is torturing Hobbs and Shaw. He's got him at the Etion headquarters, and he they've got him hooked up with um, the chains and all of the electrical shock devices, and he says to them, Three shocks will kill a man. Remember, we learned that. I think you can handle four. And Hobbs is like, we can do five. <laughs> Instantly shocks him. They're like, you happy with that? Ugh, I thought it was a cool thing to say at a time. At the time. That was very funny. Then very soon after that, they go into the scene of like, Hobbs and Shaw are like looking at each other and kind of calling out the henchmen that they're going to be destroying yeah. with their next moves. I thought that those couple of scenes just back to back was really funny. Yeah, they were buying time a little bit. Yeah. And how do you get closer and closer? I read that uh, Jason Momoa, to bring it back to Game of Thrones, uh, was supposed to be Jonah. Oh, really? They wanted him to be his brother. Yeah, The Rock wanted him to be his brother uh, in this. And and, and instead, they went somewhere else or a different direction. Yeah. But there is a lot of of Game of Thrones. Apparently, some people were pissed that Ryan Reynolds sort of spoils the ending of... uh, Sort of. (laughs) Well, he does. He absolutely spoils. He does. (laughs) 
But I, it aired a couple months after the finale. Right. So people are also like, eh, uh, get over it. Get over it. You should know it by now. But it does. If you've never seen it, he gives it away. Uh, very, very strange. Okay, let's get to uh, the furious part. Dumbest scene. Other things you hated. Uh, Trey, we'll start with you this time. What'd you hate? Well, there's a few things that I don't love about this movie. I'm with you, Skeets. The ending is just a little too cutesy for me. Too cute. Um, it's obviously a nod to family, which has been a huge through line uh, throughout this franchise. So I can't get mad at it from that standpoint. But it's a little bit of um, just the ending of Return of the Jedi to me. It's like, we got to go find this remote place and we're going to be able to do our battle there because this is completely unfamiliar territory for the big technological baddies that are coming. Uh, so that's that's why the ending doesn't hit totally perfect for me. I also think um, watching a virus movie is very weird nowadays. Used to be one of my favorite tropes. Like uh, I think Mission Impossible 3, Philip Seymour Hoffman's character is trying to steal a virus as well. Certainly different when you're seeing it in 2021. Yep. And like we've talked about, they definitely could have done more with Ryan Reynolds. He's great every time he's on screen here. Uh, and that's why I think that they're going to do that in the future. Like when Jason Statham came into this franchise, we joked a lot that he only had 17 lines. Clearly his role has grown from that first little minor appearance. Uh, and I assume it will going forward in this spinoff franchise. But yeah, you could have still done more with him in this movie, I think. JD, mm. what made you furious about Hobbs and Shaw? Uh, very tiny things. Uh, I didn't love the score of this one a lot Whoa. of it was a little uh the soundtrack was good but the score i found a little especially i noticed it especially in the two hallway scene where it's just sort of this weird action rock that they do sometimes you barely notice it but uh it just kind of got on my nerves a little bit i found it it cheesed it up a bit mm -hmm. when it when it could it should have been going for comedy in a lot of a lot of spots uh i didn't like another very tiny thing we saw two rock references. One, the first was the Keith Moon, and then we hear, you know, won't get fooled again and while the bomb's going off. But then when we go to the Mick Jagger, there's no Stones music yeah. playing. There's yeah. not, none of that. So, you know, Pete Townsend will sa sell his songs to anybody, so th th <laughs> that makes sense. But apparently, I think that the... I mean, this is my theory, is that the Rolling Stones to license their music is ridiculously exp mm. expensive. So just go with a different person. Like just go, call it the Kurt Cobain or something, you know, <laughs> like, uh, or so, just another reference. It's just uh, it weird to, to me British. to have, what's that? Probably had to be British. Oh yeah, maybe, yeah. maybe. I had that in my notes too. Why were there only two British rocker strategies? Mm. Like, yeah, it's called oh, the you for sure thought there was going to be a third. Yeah. 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 And it should have been the Beatles. Like, that, how do you yeah. not use the Beatles? Yeah. I, I'm with you, JD. It's got to be literally a licensing thing. But to have two of them, I thought was weird, especially since the Mick Jack, like they kind of toss in the Keith Moon. Oh, one totally. Early on. And right. they never come back to it because that's just the setup for here's the other things they have done. But they only have one more thing and we're supposed to remember it a little bit later. I would have liked to see them. I don't know. Oh, here's the Lennon McCartney. You know, these <laughs> right. two got to work in perfect harmony or yeah. something like that. That's what, that's how I they beat I, him. At one point I thought <laughs> yeah, I missed it's a good it. point. I, it's true. I thought the, <laughs> I, I thought I just missed like a, the third one. You're right, Trey. It's yeah. weird to do just two. It's always things happen in threes, but they only went with those two. Okay. What else, JD? 
Uh, and I thought the torture scene ran out a little too long for me when they're face to face and they're getting shocked and it's just like, okay, well, let's go. Let's get the Mick Jagger going here. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, and then especially it went on so long and then, and then of course they just break out of it anyways. They just break their chains like they nor- like they always do. It's just like, okay, why, why are we doing this? Why are you even tying them up like this? You know what I mean? So... Uh, so that bugged me, but uh, very, very few complaints about this one. And uh, Trey, you mentioned the, the Return of the Jedi. This movie is the Return of the Jedi, like from from the top to the end. I mean, yes, the Battle of Endor. Th- they're 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 fighting the evil Empire with uh, heart and sticks, basically. And uh, but not only that, the Emperor tries to use his henchman Darth Vader. In this case, it's Brixton to turn. Luke Skywalker and he's trying to turn the two main characters into turn them to the dark side and be and come and join the Empire. They even make a reference to the Death Star when they're in that base of the Russian base there. I mean, yeah. I think that may be why I love this movie so much. I love Return of the Jedi and I love this movie. Nice. Right. Uh, I already talked about it. I just didn't love the ending of this and I didn't love the idea that his brother is suddenly this incredible mechanic that can fix this thing and and just forcing that whole The Rock going back to Samoa and why he hasn't been there and I just could have done without it. Wow. Didn't love it. Didn't love it. But I couldn't disagree more. I, oh, I think that this movie handles the theme of family way better than all eight Fast and Furious movies we've watched so far combined. There's two <laughs> there's two different family dynamics yeah. that come together as one and and I, I've found it like who cares why he was estranged from his family? The point is he's going back to his family and he's making amends and then he's got this uh, It's not believable for his character though, from what we've seen from The Rock or Hobbs. Like that to me I don't get it. Wait, like, what do you mean? What part of that? It, right? That he would estrange himself from all of his brothers and his mom. I don't think he estranged himself. I think they they, they rejected him. They uh, they're they're like you turned dad in, and now you know you turned your back on family. That's the ultimate betrayal. If his mom son, was pretty happy to see him. Yeah, because she hasn't seen him forever, but she might have been pissed. But he the 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 friction seemed to be mostly with his brother. Yeah, and then we yeah. get to see the two brothers make up, and I love you, man. I love you too. Like <laughs> it was great. It was awesome. It, that's that's. Uh, Jonah did not say I love you back. By the way, yes, he did. Uh, did he? Did he say? I, I think love he did. He loves Uso? him. He loves him. He loves him. Uh, they, they, they hug it out. And, they hug it out. Okay, and right. uh, it was awesome. Were you estranged from your brother Ryan for a while? Is that? <laughs> So Maybe I just miss him. I don't live I there anymore. You do <laughs> call your brother. Everybody listening or watching this, call your brother right now. If That's you have right. a brother, call him up. Uh, okay. Any other random observations that anybody wanted to slip in here before we rate this thing? Any other notes you guys have? Trey, nothing. JD, nothing. Okay, well, let's get to rating it then. Uh, moving a little quicker here with this one. You'll wow. love to see it. So, from 1 to 10, how do you rate Hobbs and Shaw? And then where does it fall in your rankings, in your leaderboard of all now nine movies we've seen? Um, I will say this before you get to uh, grading it, Trey. The Chicago Sun-Times' Richard Roper, he gave this film 1.5 out of 4 stars. And he wrote, quote, In case of bad movie emergency, break glass. Over the two-hour-plus running time of the painfully long, exceedingly tedious, consistently unimaginative, and quite dopey Hobbs and Shaw, 
I counted some 13 instances in which humans and or vehicles went crashing through panes of glass. Thank you to Richard Roper for doing our homework Roper. there. 13 times. Yeah, not a fan. Wasn't a fan of this. Um, but that's him. Trey, how you ranking Hobbs and Shaw and where does it fall? Well, I'm more of a fan of it than Richard Roper was. <laughs> and I could have honestly done with more broken glass, if I'm being quite honest. I think <laughs> this is an enjoyable, lightweight action flick is what I would call it. It knows what it's trying to do. Let The Rock and Jason Statham do what they're the best at. Fight enemies and get on each other's nerves. And I think they are great together. I think Vanessa Kirby's really good. Mm-hmm. I love the cameos from Ryan Reynolds and Kevin Hart. Uh, Idris Elba is a really good villain here. I would be happy to see he, him come back. The ending is a little too cute for me, but I definitely leave this movie wanting to see more of Hobbs and Shaw teaming up, hopefully with some of these characters that they have introduced as well. So I'm going to go with a seven on this one. Puts it on par with Fast 4 and Tokyo Drift. A rewatchable one, no doubt. Okay. JD, mm-hmm. what do you think? Yeah, again, uh, I felt uh, I felt like I was snapped out of a cult. You know what I mean? Like somebody punched me in the face and was like, get it together, man. Like these movies you've been watching have been awful. <laughs> this is actually a well put together. It's fun. It's stupid. It's a I think it's a great action movie. I would watch this again. I rented it and I bought like four of the <laughs> Fast and Furious movies and I rented it thinking, oh, I can't, I can't buy another one. And I regretted it. I regret oh. it. I was like, I wish I bought this one because I want to go back. I want to watch the director's commentary. I want to see all the behind the scenes stuff. Uh, I, I mean, it's an easy 10 for me. It's an easy 10. And not only is it an easy 10, I'm docking all of my other ones by three. I'm going back and taking <laughs> three on. points off of all of them. What? Because I think I was in some sort of weird fugue state. I got roped <laughs> into this, and I, I was just tricked into thinking I was watching. I, and then I looked. I looked on IMDb <sighs> this morning, and then a Fast Nine came up. Right, like yeah. Uh, and I just just brooding, scowling <laughs> Vin yeah, Diesel looking miss, at man. me. I want that. And I'm just like ugh. God, I have to go back to that guy. He's, oh my God, I'm I'm dreading fat, uh, Fast 9 now or F9 or whatever it's called now. But yeah, t- it's 10. It's number one by far of the nine we've watched so far. So uh, yeah, and uh, sorry, but fast and, Too Fast, Too Furious might be a negative integer. Oh, yeah. I can't oh, remember oh, what I gave it, tough, but yeah. Tough. Minus three going back and retro grading all of them. So okay. yeah. When when we get to our to our final one, we get to F nine. We'll make sure to like literally. Maybe we'll do it as a. Maybe we'll try. Well, I know we have a quite different. Well, like I was thinking, do we do a consensus thing? You know, we take all of our votes and like see how it shakes out. Yeah, no, what's yeah. the best and what's the mm. worst? We could do that. Yeah. Um, I'm not as high on this as you uh, are, of course, JD. I said it early on. I think it's completely average. I will tell you right now, I'll never watch this movie again. <laughs> Ever. I can't believe you wanted to own it. Uh, I can't believe I'm hearing these words coming out of you. Now, now, I think what has happened here is I had such low expectations for a lot of the Fast and Furious movies mm-hmm. that they somehow exceeded them just in, because of the stunt scenes or the, you know, some comedy or just how stupid they are. It's like actually funny. Where the opposite happened with this one. Heading into it, I was pumped. I'm like, oh, yeah. Okay, good. Like, less cars, sort of. 
mm-hmm. just more about The Rock and Jason Statham, and I and I think I had my expectations too high, and it didn't quite live up to it because it got super cheese, and I was rolling my eyes a lot. And, uh, <laughs> I can't, I can't, I can't believe you're saying that. Yeah, but I compared I, I to everything else, I didn't expect it. I didn't expect it. Okay. In this yeah. one, the the Samoa part is so lame. It's so cheesy, man. Um, I loved it. So I loved it. It's average to me. It's uh, it's average. I give it a five. It's right. It's smack dab in the middle to me. But I don't think I'll ever be watching Hobbs and Shaw again. <laughs> Maybe it'll be one of those things. that's on you know cable, and it's like, oh, what scene's it at? Oh, they're in the hallway scene. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. And we'll see if it ropes me in. But I'll know what's coming. Oh, you're gonna watch it again when the sequel comes out. Before the sequel, you're gonna go. Gotta refresh. We gotta refresh. Yeah. You gotta see oh, uh, see all my know. old friends again. I don't know. Okay. So, yeah, it's a smack dab in the middle for me. And we only got one of these left. I can't believe it. Trey, set up the 10th and final movie in the Fast and Furious franchise for now. Um, <laughs> F9. What, what do we need to know heading into this one? Good question. <laughs> I'm with you guys. I have not seen this one yet. And I am pumped up, Skeets. I wanted to do a rewatch of every Fast and Furious movie before I finally get a chance to watch Fast 9. Now I have. Here we go. Yeah. All I know is what's in the trailer and what's in the two-sentence summary on Wikipedia. Okay. We're getting John Cena as Dom's brother, Jacob. Sure, Mia said she only had one brother. And Dom, a man all about family, has never never once mentioned having a brother. But he is here now. He's the new star. But apparently... There are some other older stars returning as well. Han is back, baby! (laughs) Exciting! Maybe we should have someone return. Ooh. Mm. There's another tease. Maybe we will. And you'll have to wait. A beloved character. To find out. That's right. That's right. He's going to have to get his own spinoff, possibly. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. He comes back again. He appears in a couple of these. You get your own podcast series. Okay. So we'll leave it there. All right. Yeah. Even TK. Never seen it. This is going to be fresh for him. Obviously fresh for JD and I. Hopefully for you as well. Shout out to everybody that has been... uh, following along and watching the movies with us either for the first ta- first time like like me or maybe uh, re-watching them for the second, third, fourth time like some of these other guys here. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Keep tweeting at us at NoDunksInc. Send in your emails, nodunksattheathletic.com. Just put Fast Friends in the subject header if it is about this Fast and Furious franchise. It's about Fast Friends. And yeah, we will see you for the 10th and final again for now. That's the thing. Are we going to have to continue this forever now? Like any time? For the rest of our lives. I think we have to, JD. I think <laughs> yeah, we're, we, we are, we're in the cult at this point. Yeah. yeah we're drinking yeah. the Kool-Aid. So <laughs> we will be back for F9, the 10th movie of this series, uh, very, very soon. Thanks again, everybody. Take care.
As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.